Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Blog Talk Radio. Blog Talk Radio. Greetings, greetings everyone, how are you? You are listening to the Melanology Show, and I'm your host, Dr. Jewel, and our co-host, Dr. T. Owens Moore, and we welcome you today via the Jewel Network, Justified the Enchanted with Enlightened Living, hosted by Blog Talk Radio. Well, hi, Dr. Moore, how are you? I'm doing quite well, thank you for asking. Well, good, and how was your weekend? Oh, I got melanated again. It's hot down here in the uh, south of the United States. Yeah, well, it's interesting. You know, they've been talking about the fact in the north that with temperatures of 100 to 110 degrees in Philadelphia, New York, et cetera, that they're thinking about coming south to cool down. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> well, they might be running from it and bringing it down here because I'm sure we're going to have hot August or, you know, hot Atlanta's going to pick up. Well, yeah, well, you know. I uh, thought it was a good idea here since we have so many things going on. And, again, with this ongoing study of uh, melanin, recognizing that this is the substance of the 21st century. Trust me, this is the substance of the 21st century that uh, we should just begin at the beginning and uh, let our listeners know about the importance of what is required for good hygiene, for actual good care of the melanin biopolymer. Uh, We are now in the summertime, and we all have a capacity to be exposed to uh, sotriol in uh, large amounts, and those people in the north really don't, um, I think, comprehend the opportunity that's been given to them. You know, Dr. Moore, I've been contemplating that with the increase in the temperature of the environment, we're having climate change now, the greenhouse effect, uh, the temperatures are going up, the amount of um, sotriol that's available is intense, has intensified in its uh, radiance. That is to say that it has far more uh, intense rays of UV light, cosmic rays, X-rays, radio waves, etc. And what has been touted, I thought was very interesting, which has been primarily by melanin-recessive individuals, that this is a horrible time that we're going into and that, you know, we don't have the biological capabilities or a lot of other technological capabilities to handle this climate change. But I have to agree with, excuse me, disagree with that information because it becomes very clear to me that because 
melanin is the biologic molecule, the phenomena for the 21st century, that with the intellectual development and most of all acceptance of the importance of this molecule and then allowing it, nurturing it, taking care of it, allowing it to then become much more efficient and much more effective in our lives than taking on the stressful attributes that it has been attributed to for so many centuries will allow us to easily transition into the changes right. that are occurring on this planet. Yeah, Great that's, that's very, yeah. very important the thing to talk about because if you look at what we're going through now with the weather, we cannot think that like this has never happened before. You know, so we as African people or darker-skinned people or people of hue that have lived all over the planet have been able to adapt to these types of environments. It's just unfortunate for those who may not be as hued or as pigmented would look down on those types of people when the reality is the darker the hue, the better you're able to survive under these so-called crises situations. But this, like I said, it's not really a crisis for us, but we have to just teach others to learn how to take care of themselves so that they don't succumb to some you know, external problems from the ultraviolet radiation. So, yes, this is a beautiful time to be blessed if you really think about it. Uh, yeah, I, do, I definitely agree. So that's why I think that we should talk about the uh, hygienic care of melanin. So you want to give us some insights, uh, Dr. Moore? You want to start us off? You've done a lot of work on that. All right, well, when you say hygiene, you're talking about taking care of a person's personal, uh, you know, attributes, and uh, we have to of it internally and externally on the outside of the body clearly is the first time you see where we're talking about with the melanin and the pigmentation and the sun shining so our melanin is like a protective element on the outside of our body to ensure that the inside that is like the cells of our body aren't damaged by that radiation so as the sun shines our skin becomes tan and that tan is the protective element well in terms of hygiene everybody needs sun no matter what color you are. Well, maybe albinos should certainly stay away from it as the intensity could certainly destroy it and, and interfere with their biological process because they lack uh, the melanin on the outside of the body. But most people are going to need the sun because it produces that chemical that we just you, you intimated. You said something about sultriol. Sultriol is uh, what we're calling vitamin D. So vitamin D as a chemical element is very important for a lot of biological processes. And if you ever looked at the structure of vitamin D, it looks just like testosterone, estrogen, your steroid hormones. So that's why we're calling it more than just a vitamin. But the the process by which vitamin D is used and and formed from the sun to talk to the skin helps to mobilize and modulate our immune system and explains like some of the effects on some autoimmune diseases. I think you've talked about that in the past. Uh, biochemical studies have uh, suggested that it helps keep cells from becoming malignant, and when cells go bad, it encourages them to self-destruct. I mean, so this steroid hormone has a powerful effect. That's why we're calling it soul GR. So in terms of hygiene, it is very key and critical to get sun throughout the year. So in the summer months, certainly it's beaming much more, and in the winter months, uh, there's some people that really struggle during the months where there's not enough sunshine, not enough daylight, and they suffer from some mood disorders, for example, seasonal affective disorder. Not a good thing because people's mood states may go down and very low because they're not receiving the uh, ultraviolet radiation. 
in terms of hygiene on the outside of the body, again, we have to protect our skin to ensure that the cells don't become damaged by putting the right things on there. Uh, I don't know what types of lotions, uh, creams uh, that many people in the audience may use, even yourself, but we do have to be aware of what we do put on our body because it can have an impact on, uh, what do you say, seeping in and then causing maybe even further problems. Personally, I don't use sunblock, but if you think about uh, like shea butter and other items like that that are natural, they may keep the skin looking fresh and lush and keep you hygienic in the uh, in the outside environment. You can make some comments too on the outside if you want before we go to the inside of the body. Do you use a shea butter on a regular basis? Yes. Okay, now my concern is always relative to uh, where these substances come from because we do know that the body uh, does align itself with the uh, latitude-longitude grid that it spends most of the time in, and it relies on the environment to give it information about what's happening in the environment in the form of our food, water, the air that we breathe, so that it can give us a proper readout and make the proper adjustments within. Mm-hmm. So I look at shea butter and I recognize that it comes from near to the equator, further south in uh, longitude and also latitude. It uh, comes from the uh, west of us. And so, therefore, we know that the body definitely easily compensates and wants to always align itself with the 300-mile radius of information. When we then uh, bring in information that's thousands of miles away, et cetera, the physical body literally is not there, even though we may be feeding it information from thousands of miles away. I have perceived that as really continuously giving the body extraneous information that it really has to use energy to process, but yet and still um, the actualization of that process is not possible because of the true alignment on the grid as to where the body is. So that is to say that I've seen shea butter as something that obviously works for individuals that are nearer to the equatorial locations on the earth, what do you perceive would be uh, a healthier choice locally for us, local, within 300-mile radius of where we grow? Have we identified those particular oils, et cetera? So um, even avocados, right, uh, right. you know, avocado, I look at uh, olive oil in its own way based on the definition I just gave can be a foreign substance. I don't know if olive trees growing within 300-mile radius of us. Do you? No, I don't. Okay. So, again, because we have, you know, deviated so far away from keeping this law of alignment with the body to make sure that it has exact information about the area that we're going to primarily operate from, and with the advent of, you know, vast transportation, et cetera, uh, that has been able to bring us all these literally foreign substances. The body obviously has been able to accommodate to a great extent because it was forced to be exposed to these things. However, I still think it's always important that we also know what may be available to us locally. And I say to you something very obvious. 
sunflower seed oil. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean, that's one of the few plants I've ever seen that, you know, the hotter it is and the more intense the sunlight, it just stands up straight and the petals get wider. <laughs> it right. just takes more. It's like, you know, give it to me. So I'm like, okay, well, I love it. So I would perceive that from a local level, you know, for those individuals who uh, may not have access to or choose not to use shea butter, that we can use a local indicator of something that definitely has all the parameters for protecting itself from the sun. It also has melanin right in your face. I mean, you know, the very center of it shows that it makes a you melanated or uses the you excuse me, the the you melanated as well as the theomelanated pigments to give itself its color. So it's beautiful golden yellow color, the theomelanin as well as the center. That is definitely chocolate brown. That's our eumelanin. That it also is a signature that indicates to us that, you know, it can handle both qualities of melanin very well. Mm-hmm. So pure sunflower seed oil, I think, is a wonderful option for us that are here local. And uh, that may be something you may want to experiment on since you spend so much time outside. Doc, to just try that and let us know what you think. So you can do one arm sunflower seed oil, the other one uh, shea butter, and, you know, see how that works for you as far as the capacity to allow the sweat glands to release their uh, content and the whole bit be great for you. Now, also, too, for the ladies, you know, we don't necessarily like to go around looking very oily and greasy. And so that, in all honesty, has always been my uh, resistance to using shea butter because it definitely leaves a high sheen on the face. And uh, so that may be something that we may be able to experiment, too, with the sunflower seed oil because it's quite thin and it absorbs easy. So it uh, wouldn't leave such a high radiance. But uh, definitely protection now for the skin and uh, what I think is important also is because this melanin is consciousness. There's another thing that we're forgetting. So we keep thinking about it as a pigment and it's all these other things. But it is consciousness. I mean, it is the most extremely intelligent biopolymer that we have ever come in contact with. I mean, this is really incredible. You know, some of the information you shared with me, Doc, uh, where they have done studies that actually show, and you've even written about this, that the um, melanin made in the brain stem actually works with the autonomic nervous system, the hypothalamic tracts that literally modulates eating, drinking, emotions, and motivation. The melanin polymer is directly associated with all that. Can you imagine? So we've got our little uh, melody here that uh, reminds us to let you know that you're listening to the Melanology Show. I'm your host, Dr. Jewel, and your co-host, Dr. T. Owens Moore, with you today. And we are broadcasting you from the Jewel Network dedicated to sharing the science of life and living on Blog Talk Radio. And thank you for tuning in today. We have been talking about the hygiene of melanin. And definitely we know for a fact that melanin is the most advanced, most intelligent 
most exquisite biopolymer, biological substance for the 21st century. This is the time now for the 21st century, the awakening of humanity to itself and the opportunity to finally accept one of the greatest substances that allows us as humans to exist, whether we're melanin recessive or melanin dominant, we cannot exist without this biopolymer known as melanin. So since we're all melanin dominant, it's time now that we come to grips with the fact that we have to become intelligent about this biopolymer, the substance that allows us to live, to interact with energy in all of its forms so that we can continuously um, have vitality in our bodies, and it's known as melanin. Now, uh, again, I think that's very powerful, and we don't hear much about that, that the melanin monoamine system, and you talked about that before, that that's the relationship between dopa, norepinephrine, serotonin, and melanin. They're all connected. One actually comes from the other, like in a cascade, actually modulates and controls our eating habits, our drinking habits, our emotions, and our motivational responses to our environment. Yeah, we got to break that down because when you think about it from the diet, when you consume uh, food, we're eating amino acids. Yeah. And one of the first amino acids we get to make these brain neurotransmitters is phenylalanine. Right. Phenylalanine is one, but the next one it, it converts to is tyrosine. Right. Well, tyrosine is a very important uh, neurotransmitter because, no, yeah, neurotransmitter and precursor molecule to make exactly. your, neuro, your neurotransmitters. There's an enzyme that can convert that tyrosine into making your neurotransmitters. So it may not make, doesn't make serotonin, but tyrosine leads into making dopamine, norepinephrine, and epinephrine with a specific enzyme. Well, that same amino acid can be converted into melanin by another enzyme. So you have tyrosine as a precursor to both making pigmentation and making your neurotransmitters. So without a question, the melanated cells and the melanated system that we have is key and critical to life. I find it very discouraging as I read some of the scientific articles, even up until today, when people think that it's, I guess, Western scientists talk about, oh, well, this this darkness is just for coloration, for perhaps uh, signaling mate selection, and you know, so they use that same kind of Lamarckian uh, evolutionary talk about, you know, the color is just to attract a mate. But this molecule is much more than for attraction; it's for life. It's the most complex biological element that we have within our body that helps to preserve life. It creates life. It does everything for life. Exactly. That's why it's so important. It's 21st century. Yeah. So the so the the fact that it creates the pigmentation that is melanin creates pigmentation, and you have the same chemicals that can help to make it in the brain becomes very powerful. I mean, you mentioned this issue of motivation and learning. Uh, there's actually a chemical called alpha melanocyte stimulating hormone. Right. M- MSH. MSH is considered to be a neuropeptide, and with the name melanocyte-stimulating hormone, yes, it stimulates your melanocytes to make more melanin. But beyond that, it has an impact. It has extra pigmentary effects, let me say that. And some of those relate to digestion, feeding, 
and you have some of the drugs that are associated with uh, what do you call it? Uh, weight loss drugs are used, focusing on some of these systems dealing with alpha melanocytes stimulating hormones. You have animal studies that it helps out with learning and memory. So if the animal studies are showing that, we know darn well within our body it's serving more than a purpose in just darkening our skin. Oh, yeah. Well, well, I think it's important for us to really reiterate to our audience worldwide that that connotation, that melanin was just relative to hair color, eye color, and skin color, was done out of just massive ignorance and a dismissal of the need to give it any credence, especially for individuals who, in their mind, have decided that this is not something that they possess in abundance. And that myth needs to also be destroyed because even though these individuals may have pale hair color that is in the manifestation of what's known as blonde or literally just white hair, pale eyes because the redness, the rods and cones are not highly pigmented with melanin, even though they call it a different name in the eye, known as rhodopsin. And also, too, because the melanocytes throughout their skin may not contain a lot of melanin or melanin granules, the insides of their bodies, the mitochondria, the nucleus of every cell, certain areas in the brain, as uh, well as major blood components, mast cells, eosinophils, and obviously all the nucleated white blood cells all have melanin, every gene, every chromosome. So what I find so interesting, and Dr. Morris, I promised you I was going to do more research on this, that they have identified that there's a direct correlation between traumatization to the melanin relative to perceptions of stress. And so can you imagine then that if a person is deciding that they are in an experience that they don't have answers to, they don't feel comfortable with, which then stimulates the stress response, if you directly have uh, discomfort, a disgruntlement, uh, an inability to be comfortable with an intricate part of yourself, that you automatically shut down and alter its function, where all of these systems that this main wheel known as melanin, controls and dominates its influence has now been disrupted and altered. So I see the behavior, my interpretation, nighttime science again, with individuals who are perceiving that having hair, skin, and eyes that have low melanin content definitely display very unique habits and responses to the environment that 
are very clear that they themselves are not very comfortable. So the aggressiveness, the uh, inability to perceive the value of others and their possessions, the uh, inability to just value life forms in general, uh, is an indication that there is a disruption in the unification and the systematic, enzymatic, electronic dismissal and distribution of energy via the melanin molecule. So this is another reason why this information that we're disseminating is so important for our listeners for the 21st century because if they have incurred stress surrounding the amount of melanin that they may physically demonstrate or not demonstrate that peace has to occur within them to ensure that the the amount of melanin that may not be on display topically, they definitely do not want to disrupt what definitely has always been functioning in their behalf that is inside the body. Right, right. And that's why when we say about the hygiene piece, we have to then look at the elements that can help those areas in the in the brain, primarily that's dealing with behavior, that can right. excite and stimulate the opportunity for melanin to work properly. Because we know the diseases that are a result of melanin not functioning, right, that is like Parkinson's disease, which results from a disturbance in the melanated cells in the midbrain area, which then impacts other cells in the brain, and therefore you don't have the production of certain chemicals like dopamine. So internally... We have to look at consuming the correct foods to maintain our neurotransmitter system. If we've already talked about those enzymes, well, we have to eat foods that are life-producing. The more, the more I guess, dead carcasses that we put in our body or foods that are not produced by the sun, then the quicker your body internally deteriorates. So we have to look at, again, life-producing foods that can stimulate the way that the internal melanin is able to be energized and not lessened in its, its function. Well, you know, <clears throat> I thought it was very interesting here also that they have identified that melanin is responsible for maintaining proper blood pH. And I thought that that was very <laughs> just amazing that in my research of discovering what will allow the immortal genes to naturally turn themselves on, we've discovered that they will not become activated in a polarized bloodstream. So whether that bloodstream is too alkaline or too acidic, it causes a... what can we call that, a constant state of dormancy of these alleles. Therefore, I was 
putting this together, I was like, okay, if a person is eating foods that after the metabolic processes of the cell have completed themselves, still leaves an acidic or polarized bloodstream, alkaline bloodstream, in the face of also recognizing that states of consciousness that polarize, that white is better than black or black is better than white or having more money is better than no money or they still all wind up creating a polarized bloodstream. So what we've discovered is that this capacity to focus one's attention on what it is that they desire and to be the observer of other events in their life without categorizing them or judging them is a major key in being able to maintain a neutral bloodstream. We have a society, obviously, that just based on the melanin biopolymer has been in severe, extreme polarity on this subject for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of years. So I was thinking that, wow, even though we have individuals who in their own way perceive that they might have had a a benign response and interaction with people based on skin color, even if they believed that having adequate amounts of melanin or inadequate amounts of melanin was a problem, they still would maintain a polarized bloodstream and rob themselves of the capabilities of naturally and spontaneously activating their own immortal alleles. Mm -hmm. So this is a very, very important subject that has to be written and discussed, studied, and contemplated upon so that each and every individual can be at rest and see this as a no thing in regards to their own physical body. So anyone that believes that white supremacy is in their best interest automatically will die because they will subdue and repress melanin's natural capability to energize and propel the mechanisms needed for daily tissue regeneration and cleansing. See, this is when I read this, I was like, wow. So even if, you know, <laughs> we have, you know, melanated people who think that being melanated is in their best interests and create a polarized perception about this, they automatically also do the same thing. And when we look upon the planet and we look at all of these individuals, whether we look in Denmark or whether we look at Sierra Leone, the capabilities that all of these beings have, which is innately to be immortal, is not happening because of polarized thinking. So we have our little melody again 
for my listeners to remind you that you are listening to the Melanology Show. I'm your host, Dr. Jewel, and with my fabulous co-host, Dr. T. Owens-Moore. We are bringing this wonderful information to you via the Jewel Network, Justifiably Enchanted with Enlightened Living. That's what Jewel means. Did you know that? And you're being hosted by Blog Talk Radio. So I just want to say this, that, you know, Dr. Moore, very interesting. You know, he's really one of the head honchos, fabulous intellect in all of this work. And I really uh, promote you to go to our website, thejewelnetwork.com, and visit his page and make sure you order one, two, or all of his books uh, because you will be hearing more about him during the 21st century about all this wonderful work that he's discovered about melanin that has just been laying around in the decks. And Yeah, you still there? Hello? Yes, I'm still here. I don't know where I missed a disconnect somewhere. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I hear you now. Okay, good. Okay, yeah, that um, a lot of his work is going to be recognized for this. So a lot of the things I'm talking to you have... Of an engineering problem. It sounds like it's breaking up a little bit. Okay, can you hear me? Yes, I do. All right. Well, Dr. Moore, you want to uh, tell us a little more? What about telling people that if they eat foods that support the melanin, that helps? Yeah, food food is medicine, you know. We need to look at how we use uh, diets, vitamins, juices uh, to help to live a healthier life, and again, if we focus on those elements that produced or that are produced by the sun and that we put in our bodies, it's going to be uh, better in the long run. So, a lot of the foods that are discussed now in the media about antioxidant properties, those antioxidant properties are coming from food elements that are basically fruits and vegetables or pigmented items. So, those foods that contain pigments are going to be very important for maintaining a healthy cellular structure. Beyond the pigments in the foods, uh, you think about. Uh, omega-3 fatty acids. Um, uh, people primarily talk about it. Omega-3 fatty acids coming from uh, fish products uh, like salmon and tuna. It's going to be very uh, tricky now with the way the Gulf of Mexico is and the the the, distra- the, the disaster in the Gulf of Mexico has ruined the seafood supply in that area. But uh, food items that contain uh, essential fatty acids are good because your brain, as we talked about last <laughs> last uh, session, you're, we're fat heads. You know, I mean, 60% of our brain is made of fat. So we have to look at putting in oily substances that can assist in the brain to function properly. So beyond the pigments, beyond those proper oils, um, again, cleansing that blood, as you've already stated, having a decent pH in your bloodstream is going to help out your system. Uh, many people suffer from autoimmune diseases because um, what you spoke about earlier, about the thinking. You know, I mean, people don't really put in perspective a person's energy and their thoughts having impact on the body, but everything began with thoughts. Everything began with a, a mental state. 
and as our mental state becomes misconstrued, misguided, as you said, focus on polarity, it sets up for polarity existing in our cells and our tissues, and that's why autoimmune diseases uh, occur to start fighting in itself. Lupus, the multiple sclerosis, uh, you know, these particular diseases are tricky to tricky and fickle. And it's because everybody has their own way of thinking. Everybody's emotional body may be different. People respond to stress in different ways. So we have to start looking at the science of maintaining healthy living. And it always begins with what you put into your body. And as we focus on producing um, you know, positive states of consciousness, we have to look at what it is that we're also, uh, you know, how we're responding to our environment. So the more positive sunlight that you get, and less artificial light that you get, the more, not just productive, but the more healthy your thinking will be. So we have to look at all these elements, and most of the time people don't even pay attention to their bodies. I tell my students and ask them the question about cars. For example, in your engine, I ask them, uh, what's the brown stuff in your engine? And you know, they say oil. I say, well, what's brown? Why don't you just put coffee in there? Well, <laughs> you know, it doesn't belong in there. Okay, well, you got... A radiator, and right now we got this hot weather, 100 degrees. And I said, well, "What's that green stuff in your radiator?" They say, "Uh, antifreeze." Okay, well, why don't you just put green Kool-Aid in there? Well, that's not what you're supposed to put in there. So we know what what not to put in our car, but we'll put anything in our bodies. Mm-hmm. You know, I went, I, I um made some oatmeal today for my children, and I put some blueberries in the oatmeal, and it's nice to see the hot oatmeal and the blueberries and see that pigment ooze out of it and see it coming to your body, you know? Well, I went to the store and also looked in the boxes of food and looked at the, uh, like, Quaker or any other brand. It could be just a store brand of oatmeal. And if you ever paid attention to, like, strawberries and cream, peaches and cream, uh, blueberries and cream, have you ever looked at that, looked at those boxes? No, because I just knew that there was a problem with how they dehydrated those fruits. Okay, well, check this out. Even though it says strawberries and cream, okay, this is for you and then and the audience. It says strawberries and cream, but you can go to your store right now and look at it. Most of them say dried apples, dyed red. You're kidding. <laughs> go to the box of peaches. What is it? Dried apples, dyed orange. Mm-mm-mm. And you know what was deep about the blueberries? Okay, I'm telling you, blueberries basically brain food. Blueberries are like the most powerful antioxidants. Uh, let's along with blackberries existing in the outside world. So blueberries help out with uh, your your motor movement, your uh, you know antioxidants to keep the body inside looking fresh. So this is pigment coming from a from a from a fruit. Well, the boxes of uh, blueberry, let's say oatmeal, you know what it is? They're figs and like starch starch rolled up to make it look like they're blueberries, colored blue. So in the long run, all these artificial substances that we're putting in the body are not going to be good in the long run. So the melanin helps to protect us from these like free radicals and these toxic elements that get into our body. And in the long run, as it absorbs these dyes and these products over the over time, it then causes the neurodegenerative illnesses that we may be seeing in many populations. So yeah, we have to pay attention to the foods that we're putting into our body. Well, I think that that's uh, incredible. <laughs> uh, and, I, you know, that's why I don't eat them. I just rather have the fresh, 
right. fruits and put them in there myself. That's but why you know, you need to teach that that most people, out of convenience, will go to a box in a can to you know feed themselves and do it in moderation. Don't do it all the time. Start looking at it again the natural products, and people then start to gauge their behavior and gauge their health and see how better they feel when they do that. And it may not be more expensive. You know what I mean? But most no people question. think that's, that's why they don't do it. They say, oh, it's too expensive to be buying fresh vegetables and fresh fruits. And, well, it may not be if you really look at the uh, boxes. You're paying for the box. You're paying for the package. And then you pay for a box and package, and it's not even what you thought you were getting. You, know, you thought you were getting strawberries and cream. You're just getting a dyed apple, <laughs> dyed red. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, let's look at this, the metals. Um, melanin is known to control metal irons in the body and so whether that means that it releases them or it binds with them they control how the cells interact with them and also the nucleus of the cells and because of that they say that melanin is particularly high in zinc and so they went on to talk about because of this Therefore, thymus gland activity, as well as the activation of peptides and proteins, the uh, production of carbonic uh, anhydrase, and that goes uh, back to talking about how the production of this regulates the uh, intracellular pH, which is dependent on melanin activity. There's something known as a nerve growth factor, and this nerve growth factor is dependent upon melanin activity, insulin production because of its interaction with chromium, zinc, and calcium, all important for the production of insulin. I mean, and that was a real contemplation for me. Do you know how people have suffered because of uh, diabetes, and I can tell you probably one out of every 100,000 medical recommendations made in the name of diabetes has anyone ever prescribed chromium, zinc, or calcium to supplement those individuals to help to normalize and control and promote normal insulin function. No minerals are ever recommended. So most people had to find out by hook or crook that at least if we got glucose tolerance factor, which is nothing but chromium, that that would really help to make a more potent pre-insulin substance. And again, that now also says a lot about the role of melanin in that. So if melanin is modulating all of these metal ions and with the deficiency in the amount of ions in the body or with the deficiency of melanin functioning, how can you treat diabetes and not be monitoring the health of melanin in that individual. It can't be. And that's why I'm saying this is amazing that in the 21st century that a person cannot go to their doctor and get a simple blood test 
to assay and identify the health of the melanin that is all throughout their body and is critical in making sure that all of these different pathways of metabolic and catabolic activities can be completed in the body. You know what, that's where we probably might need to go as long as we still have this voice and this opportunity to reach the world and reach those maybe scientists that may want to make an alternative change. We do know there are scientists and medical doctors, maybe including yourself, who saw the dangerous state of the medical pharmaceutical industrial complex, who saw the state of how medicine right now is really destroying people's health rather than talking about promoting their health. So with this issue of testing and looking at the melanin content of a person and now maybe focusing on the the treatment as a result of that is key. And you're throwing it out there, but we have to have those scientists who are, again, at the level of being medical doctors actually treating people to really take heed and listen. Because most people don't want to pay attention to that. Why? Because, oh, it's just some pigment. But guess what? When you spoke about those minerals and those those chemicals, you're talking about melanin being a sink, S-I-N-K, a sink for all those metals that are actually, they exist in our food, they exist in the environment as we're just walking around smelling, whatever, some things we may drink. So as a sink, it's taking in. We know that some people have heavy metal uh, ion, uh, not just deficiencies, but diseases where they attract these these, these metals and they, they create like mental states that are off balance. Right. You know, and most of those people are uh, really lighter in their skin pigmentation, and that's why it affects them so much more severely. Well, again, we are broadcasting now in 50 countries, and uh, I know that what has happened so far in medicine in the last century and in the 21st century, it has been the education of the masses, that has promoted medicine and science to change most rapidly because when they return to their institutions or their physicians for treatment and services, they now ask them about these subjects that we're sharing with them. Unfortunately, as you know, the medical system has not been an educator for teaching hygiene and just general care, the avatar. It has always been a crisis management institution. So when the avatar breaks down or when it's traumatized acutely, et cetera, then they have methodologies and systems to treat this. But to actually go out into the community and spend most of the time teaching individuals how to care for the body, really how to eat properly, et cetera. It's really kind of been hit or miss. Some educational systems do it. Some clinics may do it. You know, it's just not been consistent, and it has not been obviously of value in the eyes of our health care providers to teach hygiene and personal care above all things first so that the medical system will not have to experience many of the horrendous diseases that it has to try to figure out how to care for 
because it neglected to give the owner's manual mm-hmm. to the owner of the avatar of their body. Yeah, and the deep thing is that, you know, the system makes money on people being sick. That's why they're not going to really talk about this. So when you spoke about diabetes, you know, you got the kidney dialysis issues, you got cancer treatments, you got all these these particular diseases that probably could be avoided by some of the things we're talking about now, but you're not going to make any money off of that. That's well, why it's very tricky. I say that education is a trillion-dollar business. And so this can be a trillion-dollar business in educating individuals also. Again, and this is what's so interesting to me, is that the unwillingness to completely develop one's melanin, which means that they have to develop the brain as well as the skeletal system, as well as the circulatory system, because all of these systems have large amounts of melanin in them. And when that is ignored, then these imbalanced perceptions are levied as a standard, okay? Because you have to understand, Dr. Moore, does it make sense that a person would have a car and you wouldn't give them an owner's manual? I mean, to me, it would be a nuisance for you to come back to me every time for this little thing, that little thing, I mean, I was like, okay, why would I not just write out these potential idiosyncrasies, tell you how to troubleshoot, and these are the big things that you come in for, okay? And they figured that out at least, and so that's why they have the owner's manual to the automobile or to your iron, your blender, et cetera, written out that way. Why would they, something as important as your avatar, would they not do the same thing? And this is what they complain about how much money we're losing every year because everybody's coming to the emergency room with all of these little problems, their fingernails, their hair, their eye, their constipation, whatever else. And they're saying that, you know, for us to treat a constipation complaint is seven or $800, okay? But then, again, when did you ever pass out information on a standardized basis, reinforce this as to how to basically live a life, whether that's dietary, how to handle your emotions, water consumption, the type of food you eat, that would circumvent this. Look at this. Most people learn about how to handle constipation from what, Dr. Moore? The commercials on the TV and on the radio. Can you imagine? So this is what we're looking at, and this is going to be the scourge of the 21st century if we do not start dealing with the basics, systematize them, empower people to understand how their bodies have been created and to give them the owner's manual, or I'm telling you, we're going to be brought down to our knees. Okay. There we are. Most of us on this planet are being brought down because of the ignorance that you're talking about right now. Yeah. I mean, can I understand to this day how you know that you're drilling almost a mile or two miles into an unknown environment, such as the ocean, the Gulf of Mexico, and you're tapping into a system that you really don't know how vast it is? 
your little ultrasounds or, you know, scans from satellite, etc. I mean, that tells you some information, but we know that this has always been an unknown, the oceans. So, okay, we said that we can do these things. Not to have a backup system, that is just amazing to me. Insane. It, but see, that, again, is what happens when you have an imbalanced brain. So these individuals have imbalanced melanin. We know they're in a polarized state. So you can just see the cascades of just what we've shared with you about how melanin functions in the brain, in the tissues, in the blood that these people who are in leadership have now demonstrated their illnesses and imbalances and they were not checked. And look how many people on this planet are suffering. How many life forms have already died because of this? When are we going to recognize that we can't continue in this manner? Yeah, the uh, you brought up earlier about the uh, testing the melanin and shaking at the Diop was a powerful Senegalese scholar who really single-handedly got us to understand the African presence in Kemet, which many people call Egypt. But he, as a as a linguist, as a chemist, as a just anthropologist, he just did it's like a Renaissance man. He did melanin, melanin doses tests on the mummies to prove that those were African people. And after he was, you know, kind of proved that, they started putting some of the mummies in the back of the museums and they stopped going <laughs> melanin tests. So he, as a scholar, created the radian, radiocarbon lab there in the Car Senegal. Well, he's fast, like back in the 90s. But the point is, he, as a scholar, took the level of science to show the Africanity of those ancient peoples. Well, if we can look at melanin doses tests today to look at health, and nutrition, that will revolutionize the way people can be treated. Well, that is why we are here, Dr. Moore, because we know that we have to do this. I mean, can you imagine, you know, I just can't imagine that we've got astronauts in outer space, and they have no idea about how their melanin is equilibrating to that environment. I can't believe that they would not be doing extensive testing on them to understand what a zero-gravity environment does to melanin, considering it is the wheel of all metabolic processes in the body. I mean, that's just amazing. You know, I think of uh, that gentleman, Mr. Wallace, the governor. Was he the governor of Mississippi or Alabama? You know, and he was such an avid opponent toward melanated people. And when he had his spinal cord injury, I thought that was very interesting that with melanin being responsible for creating uh, neurogenesis, the neurogenesis hormones in the body, and uh, also the uh, hormones for the stabilization of bone in the body, that with his verbal intense adversity against melanin that it would have been very very difficult to put him on a tissue regeneration program because we couldn't have done anything for him 
until we took him through a psychological performance test and treatment to neutralize the polarity that he had created in his mind against himself because of his ignorance, not even understanding that he is thoroughly melanated on the I think it's so important why we see these who have especially recessive sisters and brothers and why they perceive these disorders to be so recalcitrant to any treatments that they can perceive. And they haven't started with the origin of may have lost one another again. Can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. but I hear you now. That, uh-huh. hear you now. Still cut off. Okay. Um, Dr. Moore, you want to go to questions? Sure, I'm available. Okay. It's been a satellite issue, huh? Uh, Eric Coast uh, 770, you have a question? You're on the air? Yes, greetings. Eric Coast 770, hello. 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 We're here. Yes, can you hear me? Yes, we can hear you. Okay, yeah, well, thank you for answering the phone. I'm here. (laughs) Oh, it's you. (laughs) Yes, it is. Okay. (laughs) Yes, so I've always been here. I've been here uh, for a while. Okay, yes. So, yes, Dr. Moore, so as I was saying, I think this is very, very important to understand that with people who have this kind of polarized attitudes, if we put them through a regenerative process and we can regenerate all tissue, we cannot intrinsically regenerate tissue when people have this kind of attitude because they have literally shut down their own regenerative capabilities intrinsically, which is amazing. This is why I'm postulating that this is why they cannot control stem cells. Stem cell activity is generated by melanin. See, this is what they're not understanding, and so it is the melanin now that is responsible for triggering all of this interaction in the blood, in whatever tissue we basically want to activate, through the mitochondria, all of the pyridine, pyrimidine activity, turning on and off the DNA. Melanin controls all of this, and if you come already with impaired melanin, because you have created neuropeptides that literally bind and block the efficiency and effectiveness of melanin, how are you going to basically turn off the stem cell activity when you literally had to override the original system that would turn it on to even activate it? Do you understand? And this is why they say, well, we can, you know, grow nerve tissue, but then, you know, the nerve tissue just goes berserk and we have nerves everywhere. 
because you have not addressed the fact that you are starting with a polarized attitude and most likely an altered state or totally ignored uh, chemical condition of the melanin. You haven't even tested it. That's what I'm saying. It's so interesting when you see this work that has been repressed that they even identify what the chemical environment is that would actually impair melanin function. So my thing is that, well, oh, that's really simple. Why can't we just draw the blood and see what the level of uh, ATCH is? Okay, cyclic AMP, et cetera. If this is substances that actually inhibit photon, phonon, electron activity in the melanin. Is anybody doing this? It's a very simple test. I'm not sure. So I'm just saying that, you know, these are the things that, you know, the Jewel Network, because we bring the science of life and living to the world, are alerting the world about. This is your body. These are the things that you should know about it. These are the chapters from your owner's manual. And therefore, when you are going into the hospitals, which I say is the same thing as to the the dealership, okay, where you're asking them to support you, you should be able to have a very intelligent idea about what test or battery test that they're going to run, but definitely since you now know that the cog in the wheel, everything spins off of the health of your melanin, whether you're melanin recessive or you're melanin dominant, the melanin is running the show, and that is why it's so important for you not to have an attitude against it. Isn't that something? Yeah. And so whether and this is what people are not understanding because they still don't understand the mind-brain-body interaction. They're not understanding that every thought they think, the brain translates that into the language of the body, which is chemistry. Is that right? Oh, absolutely. It's, it's hard to visualize, though, when... You can't see it being turned on or turned off. If it's explained to you scientifically, it's like, okay, there it is. But really, it's all manifestation of how you're living because you know full well that you can be happy one second, something happens, and another second, guess what, now you're at the other extreme, and you feel your body change. So you know physically you can experiment with yourself and see that, but it's just hard to make it translate when you just can't interpret why and how. And then what happens is, since you can't interpret it, it then becomes uh, maladaptive. And now we, you know, we use the negativity because most people focus on the negative pole in life. You know, you're always looking for something wrong. You know, that crab in the barrel effect, you're always waiting for something to go wrong rather than excitement and pushing and elevating someone else. It's like people always look for someone's downfall. You know, we got a black president now. We're like, okay, now is this golf thing going to now kill him as a, as it, it with his leadership, and so I was looking for something bad. So that negative pole sends what negative energy in the body. Right, they get the first dose, and that's why they all of them need to understand that you know projecting uh, upon other people um, their fears and insecurities. They get the first dose of their own fears, insecurities, and inadequacies first, because it has to go from their mind to their brain, and then the brain creates the analog chemically, and then you get the first jolt. That's why you feel so bad thinking this way. 
Okay, and, you know, that's what I'm saying is that, you know, he is an incredible person, he and Bush, uh, because both of them had to have an incredible focus to have to align themselves in such a way to be able to face a group of people every day that basically always saw them. Yeah, right. all they, well, always saw them in, you know, a very... Uh, unwholesome and very critical sense. And even though all these people who thought this way got their, the first dose, these are broadcasted. Each and every one of us is a transmitter and a receiver of our thinking. Our, our wavelengths of thought are broadcasted from us. And you have millions of people that are broadcasting doubt and gloom and insecurity toward you your receptors are definitely picking that up, and you have to have an awesome means of focusing and stabilizing your brain cells to be able to neutralize that. So it, it comes in as intense static, and there's a there is a, a mechanism that is created. They use it uh, on radio TV towers that because, you know, my tower may be only tuned to transmit channel, you know, ABC, and your your transmitter is for CNN, but all of these stations are in the air. And so how can I keep the frequency strong only to transmit CNN frequency and myself, you know, uh, ABC frequency when all these other, you know, lifetime and everybody else's frequency is right there too. And there's a mechanism that they have on these transmitters that nullifies or... Filters. Uh, fil it's a filter that filters all that out. The, you have to have, literally, these people, yeah. Bush and, and uh, President Obama, they have this filtering system that's incredible. They have to deal with all of these thoughts and, you know, all of these naysayers, et cetera, and to be able to get up every day and, you know, have a smile on your face and to move forward, et cetera. That is an ultra, that's an awesome filtering system, and we need to pay attention to understanding what is the mechanism that sets that in place so that each and every one of us can begin to activate that quality within ourselves so that we can align ourselves with ourselves so that we can move forward. We're wasting way too much time sending unwholesome thoughts to these individuals when the truth is whatever I think is what really creates my reality. No, no one else. And see, and that is the second part of what people are going to have to learn about their avatar, their body, and about melanin. See, this is also what is, is about what our melanin will do for us because our melanin will create our reality. A good example of that, this one gentleman uh, was flying his plane and he crashed, uh, was in the plane crash. I think the, the, the plane, the engine just froze and he just crashed and he didn't die, but he had severe uh, fractures and literally he severely traumatized his spinal cord where he was 
first of all, they didn't think he was going to live. He got through the first 24 hours. He didn't gain, regain consciousness because they didn't think he was going to ever regain consciousness. And then uh, once he's breathing, at least with support, he's conscious again. They told him that he was going to be a paraplegic, the rest of his, uh, not a paraplegic, a quadriplegic, that from the neck down that he could forget it. And thank goodness he had this great filtering system, like these two presidents that I enabled. And he got very clear that he had a life and he had things to do, places to go, people to see. So he and his wife were able to work out a means of communication by blinks of the eyelids because he couldn't talk because he was intubated. He, he still hadn't learned how to breathe on his own again. And so by the blinks and the winks, they worked out the alphabet. And so she was able to basically translate by his blinking and winking what he was saying. And he gave her the date that he would walk out of that hospital for Christmas. Now, he had to learn how to breathe on his own. That took him about two months, so they extubated him. And then he got busy working on his arms, his legs, etc. It was amazing because they filmed that, that when they rolled him to the door at that hospital eight months later, he lifted himself up out of the wheelchair on his feet, and he walked across the threshold. Uh So now what he says is the fact that he recognizes that he is responsible for himself. And in that he is responsible for himself, he believes that that doesn't end just because there's an unexpected event that happens in your life. And that what it is that he focuses on and what it is that he wants for himself, he has to always be sure that that's what he wants. And if he agrees that's what he wants, he does not relinquish his decision. And so he said he had always been this way, and he continued to use this degree of focus, and that is how he totally regenerated his spinal column. So all the doctors literally got back off him. They just did not know what to do with him, and they basically didn't even discuss his case. So if it wasn't for his wife and him filming this, this would again be some miracle that would not be spoken about ever again. And too bad, we just don't understand it. When he made the formula very clear is that he willed his tissues. He talked to his tissues every waking moment that he could. And what was he talking to? He was talking to the nucleus of the cell. He was talking to the melanin. He was talking to his own DNA, et cetera. So I'm saying now he was a melanin-recessive individual. Yeah. So, you know, he didn't have much melanin on the outside, but obviously the amount that he had on the inside was listening and paying attention and taking full directives. Fantastic story. Okay, and I'm saying that this has happened over and over again. We have the Imtabulo tribe in South Africa, and they don't want to talk much about them because they regenerate hands, legs, fingers, etc. They've been studying them for over 17 years, and, you know, it's so hard getting information on the results. And they're trying to understand how these individuals, if they have an accident, finger comes off because they still use, you know, baseline tools such as machettes, etc., no problem for them. They grow them back. 
Now, for the Western world, that is a huge enigma because of the polarity, okay? I mean, the polarity, the war. I mean, that's the only way you can go to war with somebody is to be polarized. So these constant wars, these constant discrepancies, the constant caste systems have kept their blood in such a imbalance, the polarity, the pH, so polarized, till none of these spontaneous, innate genetic program could ever turn on. The Imtabulo tribe is no different than any other human. All of this capacity to regenerate all organs and all tissues is in all humans. But it cannot be turned on without respect for the body, the knowledge of it, and the willingness to allow it to have a neutral environment where it can carry on its own innate intelligent programming. So it's just like our computers. It has an innate intelligent programming, and we go and learn that, don't we? So therefore, when our computer comes on and tells us, you know, please wait, or when the little hourglass comes or whatever you may have that's an indicator that it's using its intelligence to be able to prepare itself to perform for you, what do you do? You don't take it and smash it and throw it on the floor or talk about it or whatever else, et cetera. You appreciate that intelligence and you do what? You wait, okay? And then it comes up and says, I'm ready, okay? Or the program is right there for you, et cetera. We haven't even given ourselves that much love and attention to allow this to even occur in our own bodies. We don't even know what the innate intelligence is. So many times we interrupt healing processes, not recognizing that this is a mechanism through which the body heals, and that's all it is. Just leave it alone, get back off of it, and, you know, two or three days later, it'll be fine. Yeah, I I even talked about that in class. We had a discussion on internal regulations. We're talking about the hypothalamus, and one of the first discussions in internal regulation is uh, temperature. And, you know, so Mm -hmm. the frontal frontal part of the hypothalamus, the uh, anterior hypothalamus, the medial preoptic area or where the cells are located that helps to regulate temperature in our body. But you know what? During fever, do you know that there's certain chemicals that can fight those bacteria and those uh, viruses? Exactly. Exactly. Do you know what that the name of the chemical With the Lucky Land Plus, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.